patience is just one of those things that we have to have in our marriage in order to strengthen the intimacy that we have with our wife. Today, we're going to unpack what it means to be a patient husband and talk about some practical ways that you can become a little bit more patient as you work on this. Now, I want to be clear that I am not the expert at this, and I'm actually excited because I get to share with you as I'm still learning and working through this for myself, because I'm not as patient as I probably should be, at least in my own self-assessment. So I'm excited that I'm able to just, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit and be real with you and talk about some of the things that I'm doing in my own marriage uh, because I don't want to just give you a bunch of ideas and say, hey, go do this and make it sound like it's simple because I'm going to be real with you and tell you that it is not simple. With that being said, let's just talk about the three things that we're going to go over. The first one is we need to understand our triggers. All right. If you don't know what triggers you, then how are you going to be a more patient individual? The second one is practicing empathy. If you don't know what the word empathy means, then that's okay. We're going to really unpack that later on in the show. And the last one, we're going to go over some communication skills. All right. These are things that you should be practicing. I know that I'm practicing them and really trying to develop them. So that way I can be a more loving, gentle, and patient husband that really drives intimacy in our marriage. Now, it's not perfect, but that's what we're going to talk about. And hopefully they give you some ideas and places to start as you build your own communication skills. So let's talk about triggers. This can be anything and it can be minor things. Usually we lose our patience over minor things. I know that early on in our marriage, I lost my patience when we went to the grocery store and my wife wanted orange juice with pulp. I was not very patient. And now that, you know, we look back on that, I don't even care about the pulp uh, because we don't even buy orange juice. So, you know, certain things just change over time. And that's a conversation for a whole nother uh, episode. But the point that I want to make here is we have to identify what triggers us. So that way we can be on the lookout for those triggers, because if you don't even know what's setting you off, and you just say, you know what, I'm going to get set off. And if your wife is making excuses for you, something to the tune of, oh, well, that's just the way he is. That's probably an indicator that you have a trigger that you probably should take care of and pay attention to. Now, you know, with my wife, the thing that I guess would be a trigger is leaving cabinets open or leaving the kitchen messy after cooking. Um, and that does bother me, but what I've learned now is just to clean it up and I can keep my peace and she appreciates it. And that's just a really all around good thing. Instead of me saying, you know, something that I'll probably regret later, I just say, all right, I'm going to go ahead and pick that up and put it away. But I know that that's a trigger for me. All right. So the reason why it's important for you to know what your triggers are is because if you are not aware of what's setting you off, if you're like completely oblivious to what's setting you off, 
you are always going to be angry, frustrated, and essentially less patient with your wife than you ought to be. So this is why it's important to know those things. Now, I've already given a way that you can identify what your triggers are, but most of you probably already know what it is because it's usually the annoyance of something that your wife does. It could be spending too much money. Uh, I know that that's a thing in many marriages where uh, the wife is spending way more money than the husband typically would prefer to have spent. So uh, that could be one of those areas or one of those things. Now, with that said, how do we deal with patience? And besides the communication skills that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to download the new Bumble now. Empathy is actually the way that we deal with our patients problems. Now, empathy is simply putting yourself in the shoes of your wife. When a situation is happening or a circumstance is happening, you got to ask yourself, what is my wife going through? How is it making her feel? What is it that's really causing the problem? And then you have to look at it from, if I were to lose my patience right now, what would it be like to be on the other side of me? Now, that's a question that I got from John Maxwell, so I won't take credit that I thought that question up. But it's a very important question because when you don't know what it's like to be on the other side of you, you tend to do things in a way that is just straight up rude. And it doesn't have to be done that way. You lose patience. You lose your own peace, joy, happiness and stillness. And instead, you are frustrated, you are like discombobulated. I don't even know if that's the best way of saying it, but yeah, we'll go that way. And then on top of that, you diminish trust, confidence and intimacy in your marriage because you lost patience with your wife who was really looking to you uh, to be that comforter and that loving husband. So just keep that in mind that every time you lose patience and you're not empathetic with a circumstance or situation and, you know, I'm talking to myself here at the same time because uh, there are a lot of things that my wife does where sometimes I feel like I'm not as empathetic as I need to be or should be. And instead, I'm on far left field and, you know, that that really hits home for me. So ask yourself, what is my wife going through and how can I be there for her in this moment? All right. That's what empathy is all about. Now. I'm going to go through uh, just a little bit more detail on empathy, give some examples here. So when your wife expresses frustration or disagreement or disappointment about something, you have to put yourself in her shoes and then imagine how she might be feeling. Now, that's essentially what I've been saying and why empathy is such a big deal. And I, I have an episode all about empathy. Uh, 
If I can, I'll link it up in the description or the show notes. So that way you can go and listen to that if you have questions. But the point here is you want to be in the moment with your wife, regardless of how messy or painful or frustrating or challenging that particular moment is. What this means is if your wife is upset, instead of taking a defensive stance and you know, this is going to sound like I'm telling you to uh, just take it like a man and get punched in the face and all that stuff. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, one, assess the situation. But two, if your wife is going through something and she's doing something that would cause you to lose your patience, take a breath, step back and say, OK, what would it be like to be on the other side of me if I lose my patience? And what is my wife going through in this moment? Now, that's a hard thing to do when your emotions are flying. So if you know that your emotions are going to get the better side of you, then it's probably wise for you to develop some form of a uh, safety word, if you will, that signifies to your wife, hey, this isn't a good time for us to discuss this. Let's take a break and then let's come back and address this after we've had a little bit of time to cool off because as soon as you realize that you are emotional, because yes, men are emotional for all of the ladies that, or have emotions, I should say, for all of the uh, wives that are listening to this. Yes, we, we have them. And it's not just anger, but sometimes those emotions, they, they really get the best of us and then we lose our patience. So what you need is a safety word to say, hey, we need to take a break. We'll come back to this in a little bit. And then you come back to it at a later date and time when both of you have had a little bit of time to calm down, to get more level headed with it. And you can have a civilized conversation. All right. Because we want to love our wives and you're not going to be able to love her through your overinflated irrational emotion and initial response to a developing situation or circumstance. And that's not perfect. You can't always put a challenge or issue on hold where you would lose your patience. But as many times as you can, in a realistic way, you should find a way to get that conversation into a more stable and neutral zone so you can really talk through the issue because you're going to find it really, really hard to say, well, what is my wife going through when you are upset? So hopefully that makes sense uh, because empathy is so, so important to our ability, even for our wives, they need to be empathetic towards us with certain situations as well. Empathy is one of those things where we're actually in the moment with the individual and working through those issues, not always saying that we're going to agree because uh, disagreeing is actually part of marriage. Like we're going to disagree. We're going to argue. We're going to have conflict. And that's OK. We can have conflict and, and disagreements. Now, the second example that I'll give on uh, empathy is if your wife is going through a difficult time, uh, like a loss of or a loss or a health issue, um, 
obviously you need to be there supportive and be compassionate towards whatever that issue is, right? Because not everything is uh, directed towards you. It could be something that your wife is actually having a problem with. Maybe, uh, you know, she isn't feeling as beautiful as she possibly could be or whatever, right? Self-image issues. And now you have to be the husband that comes alongside her and, you know, really just love on her and, and be present with her in that moment. Maybe not agreeing with her thought process, but definitely, and, you know, the word that I'm about to say is very important. You need to validate the fact that she's having these feelings, that she feels a certain way, whatever it is, you need to validate that. All right. And you also don't want to try to fix it. All right. Don't try to fix the problem. You're not being empathetic if you run into an issue and then you're like, okay, how can I fix it? Here's how I can fix it. And then you throw out all of the possible solutions to fix the problem. That's not going to work. You need to acknowledge like, yeah, you know, I could see how that's a, a real issue. Why don't you tell me a little bit more about this so I can really gain a deeper understanding? This is how you can be empathetic and validate that circumstance and situation. And if this is something that you just don't have the patience to actually uh, spend the time to talk to your wife when she's going through these hard times, remember you took a vow in sickness and in health that you would be there for her. And, you know, this good times, bad times, all that, right? All the in between. This is one of those opportunities for you to really live out your commitment uh, and your vows in the empathetic threshold. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, let's go ahead and jump into the back third of today's episode, which is the communication skills. Now, communication is a buzzword and there are a ton of techniques, tips, tricks, all those things out there that you can use to uh, really dive into communication overall. And I'm not going to go crazy deep. We're not going to stay at the surface level. We're going to dig a little deep with these uh, five techniques that or skills, I should say, um, that you need to develop. But remember, these are skills. You need to work on all of them. And maybe you can't work on all of them in every single conversation with your wife. My recommendation is that you find a way to incorporate these into your communications with other people, your interpersonal communication or interactions with coworkers, friends, family members, the person that you meet at the grocery store, the cashier. When you learn to develop basic conversational and communicative skills, it is so much easier when you're dealing with your wife when you're dealing with your children, when you're dealing with subordinates at work, the more you practice communicating and talking with people, the better you're going to get at it. And that's just the way it is. You, you know, we love to throw the word communication out there, but it's not really taught anywhere. We just assume that people understand like, oh yeah, you got to communicate and they'll leave it at that, which is why I don't want to just leave it at that. So let's go ahead and dive in. 
The first communication skill that you want to work on is active listening. Now, this is the idea and concept of being present fully. I've said that already, if you're being empathetic, and this is how this is going to help you with being empathetic. What you do is you remove all distractions, all right? If you have a cell phone, put it in your pocket. If you were watching TV, turn it off, pause the movie. If you're listening to music, turn it down, turn it off, whatever. If you are, you know, uh, doing something that you can stop, then stop and give your wife your undivided attention. She deserves it. And I am speaking to myself because there are times when I am fully available for my wife and I can just, you know, stop whatever I'm doing. And it's like, all right, honey, what do you need from me? And she has my undivided attention. It doesn't bother me. I'm patient with her and I can, she can take as much time as she needs to work through whatever it needs or whatever she needs to work through. But then there are other times when I am not very patient and it's like, okay, hurry up, get this out. Tell me what you want. And she can feel that, that tension. And that has caused some challenges in our relationship where she's a little standoffish at times. Now, that's, you know, not like in a terrible way where we're just having an awful time at it, but I've noticed that and I want to correct that, which is why I said I am personally working on uh, really building these communication skills. So active listening, stop everything you're doing, give your wife your undivided attention and make sure that there's no interruptions. Now, this is hard if you have children that are little and your kids obviously have to be around you. That's just the way life is. Right. But if you can wait until they go to bed to have these conversations or when the kids come, because part of active listening is also being aware of the surroundings that you're in. Uh, When the kids come, direct them either away or tell them, hey, hold on, and then let your wife finish her thought and then engage. And if your wife just stops talking because the kids come up, then you as the husband you, you have to make sure that, and you know, this is a part of not necessarily active listening. This is just uh, facilitating good conversation. You have to know what your wife is saying and know where a good break in her dialogue would be, usually after she's completed a full thought and expressed it. Now, obviously, some things can't wait. You know, if your kid shows up and nose is bleeding, then obviously you want to take care of the safety of your child. But if the kid is just coming up and saying, you know, I want some water or something like that, like, okay, you'll get some water in a little bit and you don't have to stop everything you're doing or just get up and walk away. That's actually one of the things that my wife has confronted me about. There are I I like to just keep moving and fidgeting sometimes and I'm fully engaged in the conversation. But it's disruptive to my wife when I get up and let's say I go to the refrigerator to get something to drink and she's sitting at the table. Uh, I'll get up and walk away. She'll say, you know, she'll stop talking and I'll say, hey, I'm listening. I can hear you. In my mind, I'm not really distracting her, but for her, that breaks her concentration. So I'm not being a very good communicator in that moment or at least 
definitely not being a good facilitator of communication. So make sure that you find those natural pauses and then do that. So, you know, active listening, that's what we're trying to focus on. And I just keep throwing in extra tips there. The point here is you want to make sure that you minimize distractions so that way the main speaker has the ability to say whatever uh, he or she wants to say, right? Now, if you're having a conversation with your wife, then whatever she wants to say. And if you're using this particular skill, which is great for every single relationship that you ever have, uh, then you definitely want to make sure that you give that person the opportunity to finish their thoughts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hot before you cut them off. All right. That's what active listening is all about. And then once you have heard what they have to say, follow up with meaningful questions that help you understand more. Because the whole point, uh, the whole point of you getting the information is that you're understanding what they're telling you. If they're just speaking at you and you're just like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, you're not active listening. You're really just uh, off in la-la land, not fully engaged or paying attention. Instead, you should say some, some things like, oh, okay, so this is like, or yeah, I could see how that worked that way. You, you, you see how that type of feedback is a little bit more meaningful than mm-hmm or uh-huh. Uh, obviously, work on this. It's an art form. Uh, there are many ways of conducting active listening. Now, the second thing is a non-violent communication. This is the technique that involves expressing your feelings and needs um, in a way that is honest and direct but also respectful and non-threatening. This is important. As men, sometimes we can be a little harsh, hostile, and aggressive, and that tone in our voice can be perceived as such. And so it's important that we can be direct to the point and telling our wife what it is that we want her to know. And you know that could be in the way of, hey, right now is not a good time. Can we talk about this in and then give it a time frame and then make sure that you stick to that and you show up at that time, it, especially if she says yes. Right. Uh, or this could be something where you're just being respectful. All right. That's the whole point with this nonviolent communication skill. This is something that has to be developed and some men are better at this than others. It really is derived from the type of relationship that you have. 
If you are recovering from a verbally abusive relationship, either you were verbally abusive or maybe your wife went through a relationship or she has a family member that was verbally abusive and now she's in a relationship with you. And as soon as you say some things, they'll be taken out of the context in which you meant for it to be said or taken as. And that is, you know, why this whole nonviolent communication skill is so important. You really need to understand your wife, her background, how she receives what you say and how she perceives what you say. So take some time. And one of the best ways that I can help you with this is use I statements. I feel like this conversation uh, can hold off for just a little while longer, right? Or I think this means instead of saying you statements like you always and, you know, you don't want to talk in absolutes or you shouldn't talk in absolutes, always, all the time, uh, speak in relative absolutes, right? So often, many times, uh, a lot, right? That's not an absolute because that gives that, that yeah, I, I won't <laughs> dive into that. But if you got questions about absolutes in, in your phrasing while having communication, with your wife, please send me an email. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. The point that I want to make here is you don't want to criticize your wife. You don't want to use you statements. Instead, use I statements, especially when you are in a heated conversation. This is a great skill to learn because it teaches you, it, it teaches you how to talk to your wife in a way that she will receive whatever it is that you're saying in a loving and respectful way. And that's ultimately what we're trying to do here. Let's jump on to number three, which is assertiveness. This involves one, standing up for yourself and expressing your own needs and uh, the bound and setting clear boundaries in the way that you are communicating. Right. Um, but it's also clear and direct. Now, just like the non-communication or non-violent communication, uh, this assertiveness is really you showing up and just being straightforward, but being gentle with it. And this is an art form. I don't know if this is ever taught to husbands. This is something you have to learn on how your wife receives what you say. Right. This goes back to that whole nonviolent communication. But you have to be assertive because if you're not, then you'll feel like you're getting walked over. And the worst thing that could happen as a husband is that you feel like you are less valued in the marriage because you have to bite your tongue and uh, hold back. Right now, let me let me try and clarify this. What I'm not saying is you should just speak your mind and, you know, uh, rattle off the first thing that comes to mind. Because for most men, the first thing that comes to mind is the dumbest thing. So don't do that. That's terrible, right? And anyone who gives you advice like, yeah, man, speak your mind. Tell her how you really feel. Uh, yeah, don't do that. That I, I won't. <laughs> don't do that. Instead, what you can do 
is think about, okay, how can I clearly articulate to my wife in a loving way where my stance is, right? This comes down to you don't always have to agree with what your wife is saying or doing, but you can validate what she's saying or doing in a very simplistic and universal way, right? And then you can share what it is that your viewpoints are. And this is where you can get into those I statements instead of saying you, uh, you can say, you know, I've noticed this about our relationship, right? And it's not that you can't uh, share observations about your wife, right? So you can say something in a way of like, hey, I've noticed that when we go to the movies, you don't necessarily care to watch the full movie. And this really upsets me because I enjoy watching a movie. I just made that up off the top of my head. But you get what I'm saying. Like you can confront your wife about the things that don't make you feel comfortable and that you don't agree on and then discuss those in a civil way. So you can be assertive by going for what it is that you want to say. But instead, what you shouldn't say, you know, let me give you a bad example of assertiveness. When we're at the movies, I hate when you get up because that's so annoying. Stop doing it. That is not the way that you want to talk to your wife. All right. Uh, I know that that's going to make you feel good sometimes. And you're going to be like, yeah, I just told her. But that's going to hurt your overall long-term marriage. And yeah, that don't do it. All right. Just don't do it. The fourth thing is mindfulness. Now, this communication skill is really centered around thinking through what it is that you're saying. And sometimes things are going to be coming at you a lot faster than you can even in like that you can process them. Right. And I have a hard time in many conversations processing what's being told to me or what what someone is saying to me. And I usually have to say, hey, can can you repeat that? Because I think what I heard was this, but I'm not sure that that's exactly what I heard or, hey, you know, I'm not sure I'm receiving this quite right. Can you expand upon it? Right. This gives me an opportunity to hopefully rehear the same message in a different phrasing. And when you can get that from a person, you usually go a lot further. All right. The conversation, the the relationship even gets better. And that's why you want to be mindful, just thinking through all of this, but also trying to recall what was your response the last time that you had this type of conversation with this individual, specifically for this episode, your wife, but you can use this in any of your relationships, like I mentioned, because it's communication. What was this? What was the reaction that I got, the response that I got the last time? What did I say the last time? Those are parts of being mindful. And this is this is a skill that will teach you patience all on its own. And the reason is because you really have to like sit there and say, okay, what did I say? And it slows you down instead of word vomiting, because as soon as you say something, you can't get that word back. 
As soon as you say something silly, stupid, inappropriate, disrespectful, whatever, and your wife hears it, you can't get it back. You could try and make up and, you know, you, you'll play the makeup game. And I could probably say that many of you have experienced that because I know I have. And this is why, one, I speak I speak slower. I used to speak really, really fast. Now I've slowed down my speech and I'm really deliberate, or at least I, I like to think I'm deliberate with the words I choose to use because I've thought them through and they make sense to what it is that I'm trying to articulate to my wife. And you don't have to have a whole bunch of words, right? A lot of men that I've coached in the past, uh, they're typically thinking like, oh, yeah, I need to I need to say a bunch of stuff. Uh, no, actually, you need to say less. The less you say, the more prominent and the more that your wife is going to hold on to what it is that you're saying. And it's easier for someone to receive that information and to process it. So hopefully that made sense. Now, the the final communication skill that you have to practice is empathy. Now, I know that we've already talked about empathy and you probably are like, Chris, you're trying to go back to the thing that we just talked about. Well, the difference here is really that what is it like to be on the other side of me? And this is a skill that you have to develop because if you don't get into the habit of asking that question, what is it like to be on the other side of me? You are constantly going to uh, kick yourself in or, you know, put your foot in your mouth. That's what I meant to say. You're going to put your foot in your mouth time and time again. And eventually you're going to start to drive your wife away. And that's not what you want to do. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that was something that you were trying to do. To develop patience, you have to say, what is it like to be on the other side of me? And really think that through, going through that whole mindful uh, mindfulness process and saying, okay, this is what I said the last time. This is how we had this conversation. This is what happened. No, I don't want to go through that again. And yeah, I said that, and it sounds like that process goes a little bit slow. It happens in a matter of seconds. It takes two to three seconds for us to really process and recall the last conversation that we've had. So don't think that this is going to take you forever. It just gives you a brief second to say, okay, wait, yeah, okay, so here's what I'm going to say. And that's why you want to always ask yourself, what is it like to be on the other side of me? And you can even ask that verbally. I asked my wife this once. Uh, actually, I've asked her this many times, but I remember one of the first times that I asked her, I said, hey, what is it like to be on the other side of me? And she was so taken back that she didn't really have a response. And then I said, OK, let me let me zone or like narrow the focus. Right. What is it like to be on the other side of me when we're having an argument? And then that's a whole nother conversation. Now, if you really want to develop your communication with your wife, ask her that question. What is it like to be on the other side of me when we're having an argument? What is it like to be on the other side of me when I'm not very friendly? What is it like to be on the other side of me when I am very friendly, when I'm playful? Right. Because you're getting more information so that way you can make better decisions about how you interact and love your 
wife. So I know that I said a lot in this episode and hopefully it's enough information for you to go and chew over and start practicing those five communication skills, uh, which are active listening, empathy, nonviolent communication, assertiveness and mindfulness. Right. You practice all five of those things in your marriage. I guarantee you, you are going to grow. Empathy is the thing that's going to grow you the most. Now, you're not going to be able to grow the best unless you identify your triggers. So take some time, write down the things that trigger you to lose your patience and ultimately the intimacy in your relationship with your wife. So my hope is that this podcast brought you some value today and helps you identify how you can be a more patient husband and ultimately grow an intimacy in your marriage. So until next time, I want you to find a way to love your wife every day. Peace.